everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today, I'm joined with Andrew Lemon, Principal Security Engineer at Alias, as we talk about the most recent Conti ransomware leak. Lemon, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, glad to be here. Okay, so let's just kind of kick it off. Tell me about the recent Conti leak. Just start uh, from the top. Okay, so it looks like uh, around August 5th, you had one of the affiliates for the Conti ransomware group, because it's a ransomware as a service. They hire affiliates and they give them a portion. Looks like one of the guys got burned on the deal, and then as a result of that, he dumped everything that he received in terms of training uh, onto the XSS forums and then provided downloads, including the team servers and all the documentation. And this is everything he received from Conti, the ransomware gang, correct? Correct. So this is all the tooling. This is uh, quick start guides, how you get started, uh, how you protect yourself. There's uh, a whole treasure trove of documents in there. And then secondarily to the leak, there was also a training material leak, which included documentation and videos on how you do these things and a deeper dive into how this stuff works. Tell me about some of the materials. Were you able to see what was leaked? Um, Were you able to get access or anything like that? So the first thing I did, uh, this dropped when I got this. uh, We were actually at DEF CON. Uh, It was like 12 o'clock in the morning when I stumbled across it. (laughs) And I spent the next six hours uh, up until 6 o'clock in the morning just taking text documents and taking the Cyrillic text, dumping it into Google Translate, and then getting the English version and digging in. First thing I did was spin up our version of uh, Cobalt Strike and see if I connected to their team servers, but they were already long gone, unfortunately. Mm. So do you think Conti kind of saw, I guess, the leak and immediately changed everything? Or Yeah, I think that once the, it hit Twitter and they said, hey, block these IPs, they started getting spammed and eventually offline and... I think that's when they went down or, of course, changed their playbook. Wait, who tweeted that? The affiliate tweeted block these specific IPs? Uh, I believe it was actually someone else that got the leak and then responded um, and said, go block these pancake lols. Pancake lols, that's the handle? That was the handle. (sighs) Interesting. Well, tell me a little bit more about what you found in those how many six hours where you kind of went through and looked at everything that was leaked. Yeah, so the first thing I did was dig into, okay, what executables are we seeing? So the main executables I saw were uh, our clone, which is a tool used to actually copy data off. I saw a cracked version of Cobalt Strike, and I'll kind of dig into each of those separately. PowerSploit, PowerView, uh, Ingrok was a strange one. I'll kind of dig into that. Router Scan, Proxifier, and then PowerSploit, uh, Mimikatz, uh, it's, it was a very strange spread because on one hand, there was really light, like I don't know much about pen testing and this is like very high level. And then on the other hand, there was super low level uh, tools to actually like go in and reverse threads and see where rootkit detection was so you could remove and rip out AV. So the, the first kind of tool right in the folder right away that you see is uh, it's it's labeled 3AV, and it's going to be their tooling for removing antivirus. So uh, the first one is, of course, Sophos Remove, how to get rid of that. Bitdefender Uninstall, and then it moves into the tools for 
ripping AV out. So gmer.exe, that was an old tool, G-M-E-R, was an old tool that we used to do rootkit hunting back in the day. And you can see what's hooking processes. Same thing with PC Hunter as another tool, as well as Power Tool. And then there was a batch file specifically for Trend Micro. So if you're using Sophos, Bitdefender, or Trend Micro, uh, and you got hit with ransomware, that probably explains why it happened. So you're telling me some of these tools, if I have an antivirus installed, will automatically, or maybe not so automatically, but manually, be able to disable my antivirus? Correct. So like the batch file, some of them will have to be run as an administrator, but once you have local admin on a box, which a lot of people misconfigure, you can remove the antivirus and then use that to further pivot. A lot of times you can get a session past the, a shell past the antivirus, but then you're kind of stuck because you can't enumerate and you can't move because AV is in the way. So the next step people usually take is to remove antivirus and then use something like Mimikatz to then dump the local hashes and see if you can pivot those around. So looking through the directories, it talks about uh, how to actually like set up. So your first thing is going to be your personal safety. And there's a full page on like, here's how you set up Tor and here's how you set up uh, VPSs. Here's how you're going to hide yourself. Here's how you spin up Metasploit in your VPS. And here's how you anonymize. Just good OPSEC practices. Uh, the thing I like to highlight is there's a real disconnect between if I'm onboarding a security engineer versus how the attackers are now onboarding people. And it's really important to like look at the difference. So in American way of bringing people online and teaching them, it's like uh, if I were going to teach you how to lock pick, I would take you through the history of a lock. I would show you all the tools lock. I would teach you all the type of locks. And then at some point I would talk about how inefficiencies and shear lines would allow you to bypass a lock, never actually hitting on lock picking. Talk about lock security and then wrap it all up. And somewhere in between, you would need to have theoretical knowledge. Once you understand the whole process, oh, this is how lockpicking work, and I could do that. Uh, it's an oversimplification of a complex idea. But from the Russian, what I was seeing is, uh, take this thing, put it in the lock, the lock opens. They don't care about process or theory or anything. It was just instantly, here's how to do stuff fast. Now, you think they're doing that because as a ransomware as a service group, they want to just be totally efficient? Or do you think they're doing it because they assume any affiliate that comes on already knows kind of the history behind it? I actually think that it's a cultural difference. Uh, there was a lot of data and talking about the training videos, there was super high level, like, here's how you do a basic pen test. But then there's really low level on like, we're going to use a debugger to tear apart this application. But I think that it, it plays to like ego and arrogance um, and just cultural differences. Um, the American culture tends to be like, well, why am I smarter? Or like, I have to be the smartest. Someone has to be the idiot. Um, and you get that those personalities a lot in security engineering. Whereas... In Russia, you have, or Ukraine, or wherever these guys are located, the language is, looks like Cyrillic, so uh, they just want to make money. And they're motivated by, if I ransomware this company, I get a million dollars. And so the disconnect there is, look at your competition. You have your blue team, which is a low-level guy. He makes $40,000 a year in a sock, and he's passionate 
but at the end of the day, he's taking home 40000 Versus the guy that can escape poverty and make a million bucks and live like a king with no repercussions, they're going to win every time. They're just you're not devoting the resources to teach and to have people learn the correct way to defend against these tactics. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I could be completely wrong, but that's my general <laughs> um, thought on what I was finding. Mm-hmm. So another tool I found was uh, the most recent leaked version of Cobalt Strike, and it was cracked. And so Cobalt Strike allows for APT emulation. It came out. 10 years ago by a guy named Mudge. Uh, he is actually one of the guys that testified at Congress about all the, the attacks and hacks. The first time I saw Cobalt Strike on an engagement, I didn't actually recognize it. Uh, I was, again, really in the weeds and I'm looking at logs and I'm seeing pivoting and maneuvering through named pipes. And I'm like, wow, these guys are super elite. Uh, I mean, these are just ridiculous attacks that are, I mean, frankly, nation state level. It's a really cool way to pivot around. And it I couldn't find any instances of beacons or anything. As I started dealing with more ransomware, then I started seeing beacon type behavior, learning how to detect cobalt strike. But they have specific attack chains. There are enhancement scripts um, or plugins. They're dot CNAs that you can add into cobalt strike. They're called aggressor scripts. And they have specifically tooled ones that have been translated into Russian and that they are tacking on. And the aggressor script, once you drop a beacon, which is like the, the malicious file that you're going to run on the machine, it will then run the aggressor script. And that will try to disable AV. It will try to enumerate hosts, and it will try to pivot. So it was a really cool kind of seeing their aggressor scripts, comparing theirs against the ones that we use on our red team engagements. So is this a kind of script we can actually use on our red team engagements? Yeah, so I could... Uh, basically take everything that I learned from them and recreate it. Uh, interestingly enough, I've been talking to a lot of the guys on the team about this, is uh, our skill set has changed because we do so many ransomware engagements and so much incident response that I'm no longer following the industry path on penetration testing, but I've started going down the way of the attacker path. Uh, if you followed the industry and you learned everything that you would if you took everything away from the industry that you could, uh, like try hack me, hack the box, those, you would think that all penetration testing consisted of, I'm going to get a shell on this PHP box running Linux. And then from there, I'm going to do a privilege escalation and dump the database. But the world doesn't run on Linux. I mean, it does, but the majority of impact and users and files, that's all going to be Windows. These guys are focused really heavy on Windows pen testing and misconfigurations versus actually using exploits. So they're kind of a very specific kind of pen testing. Correct. It's more tailored towards Windows. It's more impactful. Uh, they may use Linux exploits to get their initial foothold, but after that, it's completely Windows. And it's weird because you actually see the exact tools that I use on pen tests. So you see Bloodhound to enumerate AD. You see AD Find to also enumerate AD. And then you have how you actually make sense out of it. And instead of like me teaching a course on AD, they say, hey, look for these things and then pivot with this. Is it cool or is it, you know, I don't know what the right term is, but how does it make you feel knowing that you use kind of the same tools that these ransomware as a service groups do and, you know, vice versa? They use typical pen testing tools, whereas you end up using their more specific scripts. 
I think it's kind of a, a cybersecurity arms race. And to lead into this, this is kind of just my scratching the surface. I do a full deep dive into all of this um, at some of my talks coming up. So be on the lookout for those. But I really, it, it's validating for me to one, see what they're doing. But it's also terrifying because I'm learning from them and steel sharpens steel. So I'm upping my game as a result of what I'm seeing the attackers doing. And I'm using that. But then I'm building on that, writing my own tools, and then tracking down tools. And I'm honestly really scared if they start moving into the tool set we use. Because at this point, once we're on site, we win. Um, internal pen testing, uh, we are just steamrolling and winning every chance we get. Awesome. Is there anything else about Conti that you wanted to add that I didn't ask you about? Uh, so I guess I could still kind of talk about just the general... Um, some of the high-level stuff that they did that really impressed me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for persistence, it was very strange because they had um, any desk and all of these like remote access tools as a mechanism of persistence, which is really lame, but surprising that it worked so well. Uh, and then on the exact opposite side of the coin, they were using NGROC. And NGROC will actually let you do a proxy through a firewall and then create a socket on a website. And they're using NGROC to then fire RDP out of the firewall. Um, NGROC is the bane of us security engineers, anyone on Blue Team, because it allows your developers to give access to the internet, uh, give access to an internal resource to the internet and completely bypass the firewall. And so it was just ridiculous to actually see that pop up and thinking of that as an attack chain, like I had never seen that and it just completely blew my mind. Um, so yeah, it was uh, AnyDesk, Atera, and then Splashtop was the tool that I saw. And those are all separate tools or is it just one tool? So those are all separate tools and those are just common, uh, like TeamViewer. It's just something that an admin's going to use to actually get in and do some management. Hmm. And so I guess is the idea that the attacker would use one of those tools to act as an admin or they use them because they're common for admins? A little column A, a little column B, and then it's just a dumb, easy way for persistence. Instead of poking a hole through a firewall and going through all the effort of evading antivirus, like, I just need remote access to this box. Like, okay, I'll just install this dumb remote access tool and then make it work. Uh, what I was seeing in terms of attack chains were... Uh, getting that initial access. So most of the time it was going to be a phishing email with Cobalt Strike and talked about how to set those up and then pivoting through the network to actually get a domain admin. There were specific folders on like and text documents on, okay, well, how do I locate an admin? What do I do with that information once I have it? How do I elevate my rights? How do I elevate privileges? How do I disable antivirus globally? So once you get to domain admin, how to actually create a group policy to disable the antivirus, and then how you would deploy the malware with, say, a GPO, which was also really cool. Okay, anything else to add? Uh, that's really it. Without giving too much away from my talk, mm -hmm. uh, just that there was a ton of documentation, a ton of data. Um, I'll go more into this, into each specific tool and how they worked and how they mapped the MITRE framework. Uh, but just wanted to get something out there so that people can know that this happened and that this is kind of interesting. Awesome. 
So you heard it here, folks. You got to learn a little bit about Conti, about the week, and then now you get to know that Lemon is doing a presentation about it with a little bit more of details on the actual tools. Uh, so make sure you actually follow us on social media so that way you can see whenever we post it, so that way you can bookmark it, mark, add it to your calendars, do whatever you need to do so you don't miss it. Thanks. And with that, yeah, Lemon, thank you so much for being on here. 